0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. You're listening to Smashed from The Ensemblist, the only podcast that shows you Broadway from the inside out. I'm Mo Brady. And I'm Aaron Albano.
1: I dispose of me they tried to make me smile I suffered each indignity but now
0: rise above it all. Welcome back, listeners, to our tongue in cheek recap of what is television's most detailed depiction of the theater industry. And yes, we are still talking about Smash, the NBC series that chronicled the creation of a Broadway musical and all the drama that ensued along the way. Theater fans like us
1: had a love hate relationship with Smash when it aired. While we were excited to see a musical theater beamed into our homes week after week, the show was not landing with a wide audience.
0: So, we're going back episode by episode to figure out why. We're diving into each episode to figure out why something as emotional as creating a Broadway musical could land flat with TV audiences. So, let's dive in and talk about our season one finale, Bombshell. Yeah. Aaron, give us the stats.
1: Yo, we made it. Mo, we, we made, made it.
0: it. I got, I'm honestly <laughs> surprised and very pleased.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Bombshell premiered on May 14th, 2012. Rebecca stands rejoice. This finale episode was written by show creator Teresa Rebeck. It was also directed by Michael Morris, who last directed episode three of the series. The viewership was up by about a quarter million viewers this week, ending the season with a triumphant 5.96 million. Yay! No covers this week. Instead, rounding out the season was all music by Mark Shaman and Scott Whitman. Just like last week, we had various snippets of the Bombshell songs, but most notably were a full-stage production number, complete with ivy cutaways, of I Never Met a Wolf Who Didn't Love to Howl, and the thrilling last-minute finale of Don't Forget Me, sung by season one's understudy-turned-leading lady, Karen Cartwright. And what happens in this last episode, Mo?
0: It's 15 minutes till places, and the theater is buzzing. Tom and Julia are feverishly finishing rewrites to give to their new Marilyn. But who is it? Karen or Ivy? (gasps) We are transported 12 hours earlier, where Derek, Eileen, Tom, and Julia are arguing about how to move forward now that Rebecca has left the production. But in Derek's mind, he continues to see Karen as his Marilyn, so he makes the decision to put Ms. Cartwright on as Ms. Monroe. The day is spent putting Karen into the show, altering costumes and updating her on rewrites. But as the rehearsal progresses, Karen proves herself adept to the part. However, even while she is being put in, there are whispers that Ivy already knows most of the show. And most notably, those whispers come from Ms. Lynn herself. When Ivy confronts Derek about why it wasn't her pick to play the role, he finally admits that he's always seen Karen as Marilyn in his head. But she's not the only one who's team Ivy. Even Eileen is pushing Derek to put Ivy on. When Karen learns that Ivy and Dev hooked up, she takes off her wig and goes missing from rehearsal. Ivy goes as far as getting into Marilyn's costumes, but Derek gets Karen to channel her personal angst into the role and get back to rehearsal. And with that, we are back to the evening preview with Karen shining as Marilyn Monroe, debuting Tom and Julia's new ending to the show, a stirring ballad called Don't Forget Me. And it is stirring. It is. It's a good song.
1: at LuckyLandslots.com.
0: Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So what did you think about this finale, Mo? You know, if it was just the last five episodes of the season, I think Smash would have been just like a triumphant hit. It found yeah. its stride. We like uh, put on a musical. We chose a champion. I, like these last few episodes I've really enjoyed. I, you? Yes,
1: agreed. I'm convinced Bombshell is one of those shows, all I could think of was like, this might be so horrible. All I can think of is like, it's a show like Sideshow, where the show has a really strong opener and a really strong ending. Everything in the middle is garbage, but because it has those two, you're fine with it. <laughs> all you do is walk out of the theater, seeing that finale and being like, that was a great show. That was a fantastic <laughs> show. And I think that sort of, sort of carries over into the season as a whole. Because Wait. pilot was fantastic.
0: Finale, fantastic. Yeah, it, it, it there's just so much mushiness in the middle where it was being wishy-washy about characters yeah. or there was just like unnecessary pieces to the story.
1: Yeah, and I think you were right. Like it was finding its stride in the middle. It was strong in the beginning. It sort of lost its way and sort of had to figure out what it was. And then by the end of it, it was so great. Especially... How did you feel about the opening teaser?
0: Oh, fun. I think it's fun. You're talking about how in the opening, we see that there is a new Marilyn on, but we're seeing everything through her eyes. We're Mm -hmm. seeing Tom and Julia look directly at the camera as if it is Karen or Ivy, but we as television viewers don't know which one it is. Mm -hmm. Could you remember if it was going to be Karen or Ivy? Because I honestly did it. Like how weird is it that we couldn't remember if it was going to be Karen or Ivy that goes on (laughs) as Marilyn? I mean, I knew
1: knew that it was going to be Karen just because I knew she sang the song at the end. But outside of that, I didn't know how we got there. And when we got before the title card where Derek's like, Karen, you're going on. That's when I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. I figured it would be more back and forth. Bef- mm-hmm. Before we got to the decision, but the fact that we got the decision at the top of the episode, and the episode was about questioning that decision, I was mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm on this journey, and I'm mad that I'm on this journey, because I should know this <laughs> journey already.
0: Because <laughs> I've seen the show. Because I've seen the um, show. Right.
1: Speaking of that decision being made at the beginning, how do you feel, Mo, Mo Brady fact check... Because I'm a little nervous that my biases are too strong when they were like put Karen on because I was like yes put Karen on one point for covers <laughs> unbiasedly, Mister Theater Critic was Karen the right move at the top
0: of the episode? Karen was not the right move to be the understudy. No, Ivy should have been the standby this whole time. Okay, they should have hired. They should have hired Ivy. They should have said. We got this movie star playing the lead role. We don't know if she's going to hack it. And so we're going to hire Ivy to either be first cover or an offstage standby. And then when Rebecca fails, they should have put Ivy on. I mean, that's just not like, like like realistically,
1: Ivy should have just been there to cover Marilyn. Right. And then this would have been her, this would have been her shining moment where she was the one to take over the role and have her everything.
0: Right. That wouldn't have made a great, Season of television, but that to me is how you would produce a musical. Sure, yes, absolutely. I mean, so I I think they made a mistake from the start, but under the circumstances, of course, score one for covers. Like we put the understudy on because that is that's what we're supposed to to do.
1: And what was interesting is because I remember last week we talked about this, where I was like, it would be great if the show went to a different place and they started talking. Like, instead of them being like, I want it, no, I want it, they were like, you should do the role, no, you should do the role. And initially, they sort of do that. When the creative team is having a mental breakdown on stage and the rest of the cast is in the lobby just waiting for rehearsal to start, you have that moment between Karen and Ivy being like, it's going to be you. No, it's going to be you. No, you should be doing. And I was like, oh my gosh, we're seeing growth, at least at 1st <laughs> <first. laughs> And then, and then, of course, we don't. <laughs>
0: but yeah, let's talk about Ivy's downfall. <laughs> Ivy's, <laughs> Ivy's like, like at this point, I think of the whole heaven on earth debacle as like a non sequitur. It is something that lives in the smash catalog, but up until. She pulls out those prescription pills. Uh-huh. I had forgotten for the last few episodes that she is you know um susceptible to influences that she had taken drugs before or drunk to excess before, uh-huh because in the last few episodes she's been like a normal person, yeah, so the fact that like they didn't hint that she was gonna go back to sort of the Ivy that we knew leaving Heaven on Earth in costume in, in her mic pack <laughs> until this moment was like, oh yeah, I guess you sort of had that in your back pocket. She
1: did, but but I think that's why we, like, it, like I think the show did really well at making us forget that because we were seeing this growth in her. Like she re-entered the show, not a cover. And while she, like my favorite thing about Her journey, she was smart in not voicing her opinion outright. She would just, like, lay sort of breadcrumbs. Like, who was super forceful about, like, no, Ivy should do it? Tom was really forceful about it. Eileen was really forceful about it. Bobby was really forceful about it. And, (laughs) like, and Ivy was just there sort of, like, agreeing, but, like, passively. But you could watch the cogs in her head sort of going as to how can I... Turn this to my advantage. And watching that journey through this episode was sort of this like sad return to who she used to be Mm -hmm. because we had seen all of this growth from her, I would say, up until maybe this episode. Her getting fired from heaven on earth and her watching Marilyn go to a movie star, that initially was bottom for her. Like, it was Uh where she hit and was like, all right, I need to make a change. Let's forge a better path. And we started to watch her do that. And then that sort of turns around. And I want to say, tell me if you agree, I feel like that began when she asked Derek why.
0: Her crumbling began when she finally got the balls to say, why did you choose Karen, not me?
1: We saw her ask, get the answer, and then implode.
0: Right. It wasn't the answer that she wanted for sure.
1: Nah. I mean, and especially, like, was she more, was she closer to the project? Was she dating the director? Sure. Her emotions were very attached to the show. But
0: <laughs> I, I love this idea that it's like when actors ask for feedback on an audition when they don't. Oh, get, completely. Yeah. I remember asking for feedback as an actor. I didn't really want the feedback, I just wanted them to, like, give me more time. Like, yeah. like, are you sure Literally, I was like, really good? <laughs> like, it's not actually about me being better. Yeah, It's about, like... Yeah, when actors ask for <laughs> feedback, we don't want the answer. We just want sort of validation that, like, we did everything we could. But I worked really hard. I memorized all those words for you in order. Feedback does me
1: no good. I'm supposed to, quote-unquote, <laughs> learn from it.
0: None of us do. We just sort of
1: get mad and then drink some more and then say screw them. (laughs) What Ivy did was (laughs) not do that, which instead she just made her last ditch effort to employ all the tactics she had to get this role. And no lie, I kind of thought it was a good plan. Getting into Karen's head like that was sort of in a way like knowing your enemy, which I was like, okay, wow, too bad it backfired.
0: Karen Karen rarely acts like a baby like she is so the sort of calm in this storm that is the smash universe mm-hmm. And so when she takes her wig off and storms out, I'm like no. No, like who? Ca- like do your job. Like the way to like get back at Ivy is not by leaving the theater, or like hiding sure. in a cosh behind a costume rack. The way is channel that energy and kick fucking ass at this role and throw it right back in her face.
1: Well, I mean, but that's that's where Ivy's sort of tactic was on point because she didn't directly attack Karen. She used Deb, who was gonna be very useful in this attempted crumbling of Karen. Dev was just a tool that, of course, was going to affect Karen in the worst way. That she was going to completely fall apart and be completely distracted to the point where Ivy could be like, well, your leading lady can't hack it. I can do it. I'm right here. Let me put on the costume and fill it out perfectly.
0: So is... Ivy our villain? Is she our tragic hero? Is she- I don't. Wait, is she either?
1: In this watch, in this 2020 watch, I think I've come to the belief that Ivy is probably the most complex character we have on this show. Because I would argue that she's both. Because we're definitely supposed to believe that she's a villain. Especially in her tactics of sort of derailing the show and saying she could save the day. But you have the appearance of Bernadette Peters. You have the appearance of Lee Conroy, who just reminds us that this, that the Conroy family is very artistically unhealthy. And that was brought up to remind us what Ivy has gone through. And then the sequence of... Us seeing Wolf in its entirety. Which is a really
0: good number, by the
1: way. Which I, was I think like, is great. That's the
0: number I've been waiting
1: yeah. for. But then intercutting that with all of Ivy's memories of playing the part, where she's just watching in the corner, I'm like, oh, you feel this loss.
0: Oh, I never doubted that she felt anything. But that's She the first feels t- a lot of things.
1: Yeah, but that's the first time the audience also gets to feel it instead of her telling us. Like we watched her journey with this role in yeah. real time and we're watching her supposed competition bring this exact number to fruition. It's, it was that like intercutting flashback sequence to really get the audience to believe this sort of tragic hero journey that she's been on. At least that's what I think. How, what, how about you?
0: I never felt sorry for her until she comes on stage wearing that dress. Right, and then they're both come they're both on stage, they're both in wigs, they're both in costumes. It's like there's no excuses anymore, right? They're both could play that role tonight. Right? Yeah. And Ivy, Ivy, she's got the dress, she fits it, she's got Eileen on her side, she's got Tom on her side, maybe even Julia, and Derek just says no.
1: You pity her because she did everything she could, even the worst tactics. And it's not gonna happen. And so you see almost the sacrifice that she's made to play this part up to the bitter end. And the person she thinks she loves still says no to her. Conversely, how do we feel about Karen's rise to Marilyn?
0: Where it gets so interesting to me is in the scene in the wardrobe room where they're behind the costume rack, right? Oh, yeah. And they basically just say this thing that we've been talking about in so many of our podcast episodes was Uh like, do you have to experience pain in order to be good? Yeah. Do you have to be a trash person in order to be a good artist? Here's what's
1: annoying. That's what the show is saying. And a part of me kind of agrees. Is that bad? Maybe not the pain, but at the same time, like she lacked the life experience to really propel her forward. Like the whole journey of Karen this entire season was everybody calling her green, everybody calling her naive, everybody calling her like Iowa. Iowa. Like that she doesn't know anything. She's simple. And in some ways that did hold her back and i think watching her life experience grow in this
0: one i she didn't really grow i don't know like what but uh, uh, she mean, had like gr- this she she had this dick boyfriend that then cheated on her and then it cheated on her again i don't know that's not like maybe
1: l- she didn't grow but her life experience is more and she has more to draw on from it sure that now She has the depth, or is closer to having the depth to play this part. And that's that was the stumbling, thank God, that Derek finally started directing. Like, he was the one that was able to harness that and point that out to her to be like, yo, this is what you have now, and this is how you are more like Marilyn now. Take it and run.
0: So maybe, not necessarily pain, but... Experience. She gets through this what you're saying what you're saying is that through the season she gets both life experience that helps her play Marilyn and business experience that helps her play Marilyn yeah We made it. We made it, Aaron. We the end made of season it. Season one. Thank you to all of our listeners who have stuck with us week after week through 15 episodes. And special thanks to all of you who tweeted at us, DM'd us, and especially those who graciously left us an Apple Podcast rating and review. Because of your support, Aaron and I have decided to keep watching and recapping into season two. Woohoo!
1: Yay! Okay, so here's what's going to happen Mo and I are going to take a little break. Give us all a chance to revel in the brilliance of "Don't Forget Me" and return fresh in a few weeks to recap the season two premiere of Smash. What's going to happen? I honestly don't remember, but I am very invested now.
0: <laughs> and so, to keep up to date with our next recap, be sure to watch season two, episode one of Smash, entitled "On Broadway." You can find Smash episodes on either the NBC app or at NBC.com. The Ensemble List was produced today by me, Aaron Albano, and me, Mo Brady. There are two great ways you can be helping The Ensemblist right now. One is by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and the other is by becoming a Patreon member, which you can do at patreon.com slash The
1: You can subscribe to The Ensemblist on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, or listen to all of our episodes on bpn.fm.
0: And be sure to follow The Ensemblist on Instagram, because things are changing all of the time. Yes, they are. All right, thanks for listening.
1: Until next time.